0: I could definitely see him as a top twenty back. I could see him finishing higher. Like if he's on the Bengals, he's a top twelve running back in my eyes. Like I'm taking him in the first round.
1: The Wagmi Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Colin Guarini and Nick Musto. All right, so the NFL draft is this week. The moment we've all been waiting for for some time um, since free agency started in mid-March. We really haven't had much to talk about, but bless the NFL schedule right now. Draft is this week. Um, there's a lot of big names, a couple of franchise quarterbacks floating around. So we went out. We didn't really do much with the quarterbacks. i going to let them first decide where they're going before we analyze them for fantasy football. So we have six players plus two sleepers that we see making an impact for the 2023 fantasy football season.
0: Nick, start with your running back. Yeah, my first running back here that we're going to go over um, coming into this this NFL draft, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Um, 2022 statistics. He put up a total of th- uh, one thousand three hundred and seventy yards, ten touchdowns, an average six yards per carry. Um, those are really good numbers, but you'd also expect efficiency coming behind Alabama's offensive line in that offense in general. Um, something notable for Gibbs is he posted forty-four receptions, and that's really encouraging when you look at things from our fantasy perspective because not all these guys, guys like Charbonnet, for example, are um, excel in the passing game like. Like Gibbs does, he's a he's a smaller guy, but he's very good out of the backfield receiving. Um, he reminds me a lot of guys like Austin Eckler, kind of like a Darren Sproles, a little bit bigger than Darren Sproles. But um, that receiving back is very valuable in fantasy football. Um, and depending on where he could land, he could just be out of the gate of steel in all drafts. A um, little bit about him. He was 2022 second team, all SEC 2021. He was first team, all ACC. Um, at, the, at the combine, he checked
1: in at 5'9", 199, so he, he's not the big three down back, like you said, um, thus drawing the comparison to Darren Sproles or someone undersized as a receiving back. A four three six forty yard dash, that's great. Second best among running backs at the combine, 33.5 inch for, you know, that's not that good of a figure um, in terms of explosiveness for a back. Um, But, again, it's not that big of an indicator for NFL success, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could go out and drop a 31 right now. So, my first thing is he was heavily used in the passing game. Average 3.3 catches a game throughout college. That includes his two years at Georgia Tech. Um, Really enticing player regardless of wherever he goes. What uh, You already gave your NFL comparisons.
0: Um, where do you think he fits best? Oh, uh, there's this? a few, there's a few spots I could see him really excelling in. Um, some may not come within his first year. If he, if say, if he were to go to the Browns, which I think is a really good destination for him, uh, Nick Chubbs on his final year there, I could see them if they brought in a guy like Gibbs treating this as Nick Chubbs final year in Cleveland, He leaves, and then it's Gibbs' backfield. And I think that would be amazing with hopefully an improved Deshaun Watson that you know they have one of the best offensive lines and one of the best run schemes in the NFL. Um, And they do throw to their second back, not Nick Chubb, whoever it may be, usually Kareem Hunt, they do throw to their back, and that's where Gibbs excels. That's my favorite spot. However, I would also like to see him on the Chargers because we know that they love a receiving running back. And that's right up Gibbs', Gibbs alley. Um, and we know that this is probably Austin Eckler's last season in L.A. Um, another good option for him would be the Bengals. Uh, given the, um, the issues that Joe, Mix is having, Joe Mixon is having off the field right now, uh, you could see him come in and fill a void where they lost Pirine. They move on from Mixon because he's taking up a lot of money. Um And he may not even be able to play this season. So those are, I think those are the most ideal landing spots for Gibbs as of now. So a good landing
1: spot, it sounds like, is somewhere where he's going to grow into the starting role, a feature role. He's not necessarily going to be leaned on um, as as the feature back, as a lead role guy, given his size. Um, it sort of makes sense. So he's more
0: of a change of pace back. Yeah, he's more of a change of pace back. He's known for his lateral lateral quickness. He's not a ground and pound kind of guy. Like, I could see him going to a team like, I don't know, the Dolphins right now, and he could take over the starting role that season. I think he could beat out um, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. But that's really not what I would think is ideal for him. I want him in a high-powered offense, get peppered with targets, and I think that's what the Chargers and the Bengals would offer. So your guys, a change of pace
1: guy, another running back, the, the one that, you know, we obviously have to talk about when talking about rookies that are going to make an impact their rookie season here in 2023, that's John Robinson, the consensus RB one throughout, um, all the draft analysts 2022, he had over 1500 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. He added 19 catches, 314 receiving yards and two touchdowns through the air. So he can do everything. Um, he's as complete as a come out of college. Three-year total, 540 attempts, 3,410 rushing yards, 33 rushing touchdowns, added 60 catches to the air, 805 yards, eight touchdowns. So he's got a decorated resume. Um, he was a consensus All-American this year. Doak Walker, award winner this past year as well, given to the top running back. Um Two time first team, all big 12. That's like I, I can't find a fault with him.
0: No, I I I know before we uh, recorded, we we were going through each other's players and we tried to find faults, and I couldn't find a fault in in Bijan Robinson either. Um, at the combine, he weighed in at 215 pounds, five foot eleven, standard running back size, uh, ran a four four six forty, a one point five two 10 yard split. 37-inch vertical, and a 10-foot-4-inch broad jump. I mean, the guy's just a freak of nature athlete. I mean, those numbers speak for themselves.
1: Yeah, I mean, a solid combination of size, speed, and strength. He he averaged 13.4 yards per reception throughout college, so to see him go somewhere like Philadelphia, Buffalo, Cincinnati, somewhere where he could do a little bit of everything, um, I I think he can excel
0: in just about every offense. Uh, what's the right fit in your mind? For me, I think Minnesota would be perfect for him. I, I I Buffalo and Philly scare me with running backs. I mean, just historically, they've like even Miles Sanders, fantastic running back, never got a workload. Jalen Hurts, Vultures touchdowns. So does Josh Allen, and the Bills are also pass heavy. I think Minnesota would be fantastic. They're going to move on from Dalvin Cook, it seems. Um, I don't think Alex Ma- Alexander Madison is much of a concern. He's a good running back, but he's also not by any means young anymore. He's been de- behind Dalvin Cook for years. Um, they would definitely move on from him for a guy like Bijan Robinson. This guy's generational and that offense is high powered. So Minnesota. I love, a,
1: I, I, I love Robinson. I'm willing to draft him in the first round if he's on about 20 out of
0: 32 teams uh, yeah, throughout the league. Um, so I think we can move on to wide receivers now. And my favorite wide receiver in the draft is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, in college, he kind of had a his his twenty two twenty twenty two season should be stricken from the record. It doesn't exist. Um, let's focus on twenty twenty one where he had ninety five receptions, one thousand why receptions. why shouldn't twenty twenty two entire season? I think aside from a part of the first game, was it with right. yeah. pretty serious hamstring injury? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in 2021, again, 95 receptions, 1,606 yards, nine touchdowns, um, average 17 yards per catch in 2021, uh, averaged 192 yards per game in the last five games of that season, which is That's just pretty ridiculous. good. Yeah. The it's guy, he was unstoppable. Um, in 2021, he was, uh, first in big 10 in the receptions and yards categories. I think he's he- hands down the best wide receiver in this draft class right now. I don't know about you. Um, uh, we'll we'll come back
1: to that in a second. He might be, I think he's the hands down the best wide receiver. I think so. Um, but you mentioned that he did miss 2022 only had that one notable college season in 2021, or he, he did go bonkers serious injury. Is that the only reason why he's not
0: the consensus wide receiver one among analysts? I think it would be just because we didn't see him last year, but when you look back at these 2021 statistics, he was putting up those ridiculous numbers with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on his team. And they were all healthy. Like it's not like he benefited from Wilson and Olave missing the entire season. Like he had these guys on the field with him and he outproduced them.
1: Yeah. He's NFL he's,
0: caliber receivers. He's my,
1: he's like the most secure wide receiver in the draft, in my opinion. Um, Even, Loading up that injury risk from last year. I mean, he checks in at 6'1", 196. Um, He did have the fastest 20-yard shuttle at the draft. So the lateral quickness is there. The size of a a sturdy wide receiver with a long career is
0: there as well. Where are his best fits this next year? Um, I think a good spot for him would be on the Falcons. We know he likes the slot. um, And the Falcons are in need of a slot receiver. Uh, I do think that this would in turn hurt Kyle Pitts. Um, He would get phased out with him and Drake London there. Um, I would also think he'd be great in Las Vegas on the Raiders. I think he'd be a necessary addition to the Panthers who have no one in the receiving core right now. The Titans, another example of a team lacking of receivers and so are the Giants. So I think that he would benefit most from going to a team that has a lot of targets to give. It, It helps targets help for fantasy football, right? Yeah, I mean, especially playing the slot though. I would expect him to be a high, high target, high catch guy. Maybe not a ton of yards and touchdowns, but like live off the receptions.
1: The only reason why I've, I, I'm, I am i am going to agree with you that Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver in the this loaded class. I had him ranked a month ago. Did the top ten incoming rookie wide receivers for Dynasty Fantasy. Had Smith and Jigba ranked one. Um, but you do see like guys like Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison being ranked ahead of him by some analysts. I think it is just because of that injury risk. But Johnston, he's just uh, he's the guy that's most NFL ready, in my opinion. He is 6'3, 208 pounds, has a 6'9 wig wingspan, large hands. Um, his athleticism just jumps through the roof, literally. 40 and a half half inch vertical, 11 foot two inch broad, both top three among wideouts. Um, It's hard to match his combination of size and athleticism. Um, I think that's why I'm going to classify him as a most NFL ready guy. Um, Read off his stats. Let me hear. Let me
0: let me serenade in this guy. 2022, 60 receptions, 1,069 yards, six touchdowns, eight drops. Um, average 19 yards per reception, four games with 139 plus yards in 2022, um, including 163-yard performance against Michigan in the semifinal. Yeah, the, the stats are definitely there. Um, but something I would want to focus on is his 40 time was a little bit disappointing, and he posted eight drops in 2022 when you think about it, that's where he's supposed to excel is he's supposed to be able to get in behind defenses and go up and win the 50, 50 balls. So he's slow and can't get in behind defenses. And then when the 50, 50 balls, he's got a one in 10 chance of dropping it. That's the way I'm seeing it right now.
1: I mean, I'm not really going to call a four, four, nine slow. I mean, no, yes, it, slow, it, but... it might not be that four, three laser beam Jalen Waddle speed that we want out of an outside receiver. But I think that He's like a big train man. When he comes down the tracks, you're going to want to get out of the way and you're going to
0: struggle to keep up. Um, Where would you see his ideal
1: landing spots being? I really like him fitting into green Bay um, or the chargers like to take over. I feel like Keenan Allen or Mike Williams are going to give LA can't afford to keep them with their age and how much they cost. So to get a huge perimeter receiver, on a rookie contract, I think he'd be a good fit for LA. Baltimore need, is in dire need of another wide receiver to coax back Lamar. Um, Minnesota is a good fit too. They just lost Adam Thielen. KJ Osborne's their wide receiver too. Uh, the Giants too, also that could that could work out. Plenty of p- plenty of teams need a huge athletic receiver. They can definitely use him.
0: I feel like, we're saying the Giants need a receiver for all of our receivers, <laughs> go figure and Minnesota, and like all these teams. Yeah, so you mentioned at the start of that discussion about Johnston, uh, Jordan Addison, he's my second favorite receiver in this draft. Well, it's it's neck and neck between him and Johnson. two completely different players, though. Um, whereas Addison's weighing in at 173 pounds, five foot 11. Um, any concern so- over that? Smitty and Hollywood Brown are the only notable receivers under
1: 175. Tyler Lockett, he he's a little thicker, but he, I mean he's, he's flirt, he's, guy, he's flirting with those figures. Yeah,
0: I mean they they can do it, and I think nowadays, like with all the protection that they give these receivers, with um, just you can't take them out in the middle of the field blindside. Uh, it, it their careers last longer. I'm not, I'm really not concerned, especially when you are as polished of a route runner as Jordan Addison. Um, now you called Quentin Johnston
1: slow. I mean you did re- you did take back your claim. However, uh, isn't it no. funny that he has the same 40-yard dash 40. as Jordan Addison?
0: Same 40. Yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, if, <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, but I think that it's not really Jordan Addison's play style to go burn the defense, get in behind the secondary and win the 50-50 ball. That's just not what he does. He's slippery. Um, The best way to put it is he's slippery. He's slippery. He's a route runner. He's got lateral quickness, like a running back almost. Um, In 2021, posted a 100-yard reception season with 1,593 yards, which was fourth in the NCAA, 18 touchdowns, which was first in the NCAA, and 15.9 yards per catch in 2021. And now for his 2022 statistics, fell off a little bit, 59 receptions, 875 yards, four touchdowns. That comes with a team change. Um, it comes with him playing three less games in the season. I'm Those stats don't concern me. If you would extrapolate that out over an entire season, he would have been flirting with 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. I really like Jordan Addison, Bolitnikoff Award in 2021, which is the top receiver in the nation. And he was 13, 13 all-conference in 2021 as a punt returner, which just shows that he's very versatile. He'll be on the field in multiple different sets. I really like the guy.
1: Now in 2021, when he won the Belichick Award, given to the top receiver in the nation,
0: who was his quarterback?
1: KP baby, Kenny Pickett. Yeah. So did, I like. I feel like um, it's less likely now that they recently grabbed Allen Robinson, but that like was one of the most sensible and almost too logical landing spots for me is to go to Pittsburgh, reunite um, back to his college quarterback in his college field, you know, Pittsburgh and the Steelers. Pitt University and the Steelers share the Heinz Field. Well, Akersher Akersher Stadium. Yeah. Um, But where do
0: you see Addison being the most impactful addition? Well, before the Allen Robinson trade, I would have said that he would have been a good addition for the Steelers. Now I just don't. There's no chance that they go for him at 17. Um, But now I would say his ideal landing spots would be the Chargers or the Bears. Another team that we mentioned a lot was the Chargers. Um, I I also see Keenan Allen leaving that situation someday soon. They've expressed expressed the want to move on as Allen is aging. Um, Mike Williams also has not been a consistent receiver for them. I think Jordan Addison could fill the Keenan Allen role more so than the Mike Williams role. Um, but I think that'd be a great opportunity for him. We know it's a high-powered offense. I'd also like to see him join the Bears. The Bears have a they've improved the receiving core with the addition of DJ Moore and of course Chase Claypool, but (laughs) I think Jordan Addison would, would definitely jump ahead of Chase Claypool in the pecking order um, in a short period of time. And I think that he'd also help Justin Fields a lot in those short yardage areas. So Jordan Addison,
1: um, you mentioned him fitting into the Chargers. Let's just play devil's advocate here and say Keenan Allen remains on the team, isn't cut or traded. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jordan Addison. Is Addison going to be rosterable with those two above him?
0: I mean, who was Josh Palmer was rosterable this year. So, and I, and I don't think that Jordan Addison is behind Josh Palmer. I think that Josh Palmer would be completely irrelevant with the addition of Addison. So, yeah, I think he's rosterable. It's just, it's not worth any sort of high, high, high profile pick. Definitely. uh, He might even be a waiver wire ad. You got to see how it plays out. Palmer really stayed relevant. Uh, He, he finished inside the top 30 wide
1: receivers if I'm not mistaken for this past year, but he, he really benefited from the uh like 15 combined missed games between Williams and Keenan Allen. Now, mm-hmm. part part two to this hypothetical situation, Keenan's traded or cut prior. I think it's prior to June 1st. They can save some money. Um, that might be incorrect. It might be after the season, but let's just roll with it. How high will you be willing to draft Jordan Addison? No Keenan Allen. He takes over that chain mover role. Mike Williams, the only big uh,
0: competition for targets. Where's I'm he got him as a wide receiver, too, at that point? I think I, I don't see like I if there's no Keenan Allen there, that is like him and Austin Eckler each posted like 100 something targets a season. Mike Williams isn't a hard high target kind of guy um, that leaves a huge void. And I think that Addison fills it in, not the other guys on the bench, not Guyton, not Palmer. Um, I'd be comfortable with. Madison is a wide receiver too, given that Allen is not there. I thought you were going to ask me if I would draft him or Mike Williams higher. And I was scared. Okay, go ahead. Answer I, that. I, I, I don't like the I, I am risk averse when it comes to fantasy football. I don't like drafting the guy who's going to go and post a hundred yards, two touchdowns one week um, and then post a donut the next week and then get injured the week after that. I'd take the consistency. And just depending on ADP, by the time it rolls around, I'd lean towards Addison, I think.
1: That that answers a lot. That speaks a lot over – I don't think Mike Williams has actually made a Pro Bowl, but he's a 1,000-yarder. He's got a couple 1,000-yard seasons under his belt, a couple double-digit touchdown seasons now. Actually,
0: I think only one. He's got Um, one. I think he's only finished as a top 20 wide receiver once when he was thirteen in 2021. Yep, that was, I guess, two years
1: away yeah. now. Yeah. I chose a tight end to talk about because I feel like we have to talk about someone at this position, right? It's pretty loaded.
0: So Yeah, Mike, I mean, we have to talk about it, but the only rookie wide receiver we ever see make an impact is Kyle Pitts. Tight end. But yeah, you're right. Tight end, yeah, tight end, sorry.
1: Uh, Evan Ingram, too. You uh, can't yeah, forget Evan Ingram legendary
0: season. Evan Ingram.
1: But... Do you think this guy can reverse that trend? Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, not Meyer as I thought it was for like three years while he was in college, but Michael Mayer. So he's just been really consistent throughout his uh, couple years at Notre Dame. In three seasons, he had 180 receptions, 2,099 yards and 18 touchdowns. And I love these averages. I'm, I'm a numbers guy. Let me just talk about them. Uh, perfectly came out to on a per game rate, five receptions, 58 yards, 0.5 touchdowns. Oh, those round numbers. I just got to applaud them, man. But, um, no, he was a consensus all American this past year. Um, third team all American the year prior, and he's the all time leading tight end in catches for Notre Dame, which is pretty incredible considering that they pretty much have a good tight end at all times. Um, Mm -hmm. Tyler Eifert came from there. Uh, I can't think of another name right I'm now. The but
0: can't think of his name though. Cole Kmet, yes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I couldn't think of that. Anyways, I don't know. Um, um, good size though. I see that my one issue with this size is that he's only six four. Uh, that's a little bit below the league average for tight ends. Um, I prefer my tight end to be somewhere in the range of six six, just because like when when you're when you're playing a tight end in fantasy football you are not hoping for them to get eight catches and 85 yards. You're hoping for them to have two catches, 25 yards, and then to go up, reach above everyone in the end zone and grab it. And six, four, I mean, that's, he's bigger than all the D backs, but there's plenty of tight ends in the NFL. Pat Fryermuth, for example, Mike Gesicki, they're all a little bit bigger. And that's where they excel is in the red zone. They go up and grab the touchdowns and that's where we find the value for fantasy. Um, And I, I, you asked earlier if I think that Mayer can break the trend. I don't know if, if that's the case. Evan Ingram and Kyle Pitts were top 10 picks, uh, and they were notably like known going into the draft that they were going to be top 10 picks. They were that good in college. Michael Mayer is a very good tight end, and he could eventually see uh, demand more targets, um, see a higher target share. But this rookie season, I wouldn't expect anything crazy. He could definitely be rosterable and startable, but I wouldn't expect him to post. 900 yards and seven touchdowns
1: man i don't care about the six four versus six six personally like it's a matter of two inches and as someone that's underneath six foot it's like i wish i was six four i would take six four or six six it really doesn't matter um but athleticism isn't really his game he's just a cerebral guy that f- feels out the field which is why i think he's going to have a, a competitive and excellent career now I'm not sure if he's going to be that fantasy relevant this year tight end was weak this past year um but I could still see him finishing as a low end tight end one that only takes you know eight
0: or nine points a game when all things considered it's not hard to be a starting tight end in fantasy so depending it all depends on position for the guy uh where do you see him ending up where, what are some ideal landing spots?
1: So like Detroit losing TJ Hawkinson this past year, that definitely almost makes a little too much sense. Um, they do have the 18th overall pick in addition to the six overall. So at the 18th overall, I could see them maybe reaching for Michael Mayer and taking him there. Green Bay, they just lost Robert Tanyan. They're going to need to surround Jordan Love with a lot more uh, skill set group, a lot more skill set group players. New Orleans, they have Juwan Johnson on a one or two year rental, and Dallas just lost Dalton Schultz. So those are four places that I would like to see Michael Mayer end up. I have a question back to you: Is should he be the top tight end um, in the draft? You know, we have Darnell Washington from Georgia, Dalton Kincaid from Utah, among the other top tight end prospects. Are we overlooking? Uh, Some of these other rookie tight ends, Sam Laporta from Iowa, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, to name a couple more. Are we
0: overlooking those guys in favor of Michael Mayer? I don't think so. I think that Michael Mayer should be the top tight end taken. Granted, this is, I think, the deepest tight end draft that we've had in most recent years. Um, so you can definitely make a case for these other guys. But Michael Mayer stands out to me. He's the most fluent route runner. He's had he's had a, the most impressive career in college statistics-wise. I think that Mayer should be number one. However, once they get into the league, it all depends on their position. Like, again, if, if Mayer ends up in Dallas, I find that sexy. And the answer is definitely Mayer should be the number one tight end taken. Um, but right now, it's tight end and they're rookies. None of them really make an impact. I'm not expecting anything crazy.
1: All right, it's time for um, sleepers.
0: Yeah, we got some sleepers here. Um, I'll start off with my first sleeper, Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I really like the guy. He's a big three-down running back, doesn't excel in the receiving game. I think we mentioned that earlier, but he will grind you down. He's like Der- baby Derek Henry. Um, 2021 posted 1,137 rush yards, five-and-a-half yards per carry, 13 touchdowns, 197 receiving yards. In 2022, he posted 1,359 rush yards, seven yards per carry, 14 touchdowns, and 37 catches for 321 yards, so a little bit of an uptick in the receiving game.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've gone at him twice now about not being a receiving back, but look how productive he's been. Over 500 yards through the air over the past two years, I think this is someone that has the build of a three-down back and could potentially keep a backfield to himself, Um but go on. I want to hear more about this guy.
0: Uh well, he was first in the Pac-12 in yards per carry in 2022, and first in total yards. Um, and he was first-team All-American in 2022. Six foot 214, 37 inch vert, which is, matches Bijan Robinson's vert. Uh, ten foot two inch broad, which I think is two inches shorter than Bijan's, and a four five three forty. Not the greatest forty, but that's not where he excels. If he gets that if he gets going, gets the downhill speed, he's very hard to tackle and he will break away. It's not like he's a slow guy. Um, and I think he may be the most disrespected running back in this class. There's like nothing on paper or, or through film that tells me that he can't produce at a high level. And I think that there's a lot of teams out there that could greatly benefit from a guy that would probably fall towards the later rounds, second, third round. He's not, he's definitely not a first round draft pick and don't, don't get me wrong, but there, like hands down this guy could produce in the NFL. Who's he remind you of from last year? Uh, someone that he reminds me a lot of is Damian Pierce. Uh, again, someone that did not see a lot of work in the receiving game, but like he was more than fantasy relevant to start the season. And until his season kind of died out near the end, um, I'd, I'd love him to fall into a better situation than Damian Pierce, but they're both very similar running backs. They're both downhill runners, aggressive. They'll fight for the extra yard. Um, literally the opposite of Jameer Gibbs, everything we said earlier about Jameer Gibbs opposite black and white right there, day and night, yin and yang. Um,
1: so we draw the comparison to Damian Pierce who landed in a just pitiful landing spot for a running back with the Houston Texans this past year. Um, but Pierce finished as an RB 27 would have been the RB 15 if he kept his points per game average through all 17 games. Missed four games um, for the lowly Texans, like we said. So if Charbonnet is a day one starter somewhere, anywhere, it could be Houston uh, to keep the measure the same. You know, I don't want to say Cincinnati, even though that's my favorite landing spot for Charbonnet anywhere. What's the floor for Zach Charbonnet as a starting running back in the NFL in 2023?
0: As a So his floor is a starter. Yep. Yep statistic wise um more like fantasy points Fantasies is throw out a figure rb 25 okay okay 20. I, could, I could if he's a starter he's a top 20 running back um i mean look at the rookies that started this year ken walker damian pierce Brees hall pre-injury was definitely gonna be top 20 like if you're starting if you're getting a full workload or even like the majority of a workload in the nfl you're going to like there's no way to not finish the top 20 running back barring injury um I could definitely see him as a top 20 back. I could see him finishing higher. If he's on the Bengals, he's a top 12 running back in my eyes. Like I'm taking him in the first round. If if he falls if he falls to the end of it. Um I, yeah, that's where I'd see him. Wow, that's a hot take. End of first. Think if he's on the Bengals offense, he's not a top 12 running back? I I'm
1: probably putting I'm rating him high. I can tell you that. Uh it might be a little too much of a pussy to rate, rate him as a top 12 back um you know but hey that that's a juicy landing spot could be could be um he definitely has the the frame and the skill set to do some damage next year if he's given the opportunity my sleeper of the 2023 draft and again like like Nick this guy probably isn't going to be a first round pick but he might be um come Thursday. Uh I doubt it. I hope not. That way he he can fall down the draft boards a little bit. But wide receiver from Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt. Last year he was the Buletnikov winner. We talked about Addison winning it in 2021 with Kenny Pickett. Well, Jalen Jalen Hyatt did so with Hendon Hooker this past year. 67 catches, twelve hundred and sixty-seven yards. Average of 18.9 yards per reception and 15 receiving touchdowns in 12 games. Yeah, he's a he is that boom bust guy. You know, we talk about Mike Williams being a very volatile player. Well, Jalen Hyatt hits that nail on the head um, five games with multiple touchdowns this year, including a six catch, 207 yard, five touchdown game against Alabama. You know, the perennial superstar secondary of Alabama. He just torched him. He made them look like an average high school team. Um, I'm really excited about him, but many don't think he can replicate his success, the success he had in college. A lot of people are labeling him as a one-trick pony, benefiting from Tennessee's offense. Um,
0: does he excite you as much as he does me? And if so, why not? He he does excite me. He's, I think, the most athletic receiving receiver coming into the draft um and and any team can benefit from having a guy who can just break away like he can um but what concerns me about him is in 2021 he was outproduced by Cedric Tillman and Velas Jones not very notable names um Velas Jones is a noticeable name for being
1: 25 years old as a rookie with the Chicago Bears this past year I guess that's
0: notable yes Uh, (laughs) So could his 2022 season just be a product of being the last guy left, the last one standing? I mean,
1: Cedric Tillman was healthy for, I guess, only six games this past year. Really, not that healthy. Um, but look at the production premium that he had over anybody else. You're not getting some. Av- you're not getting an average college football wide receiver to step into that role an average 18.9 yards per reception and score on just a little less than a quarter of your catches. I mean, he, his skill is exceptional and his speed just that's the first thing you notice when looking at his film, he only clocked in at a 4:440, four um, But he's been clocked electronically in the past as a sub four, three guy. Um, so that's
0: something that you can't teach and you can't replace. I mean, yeah, the athleticism is definitely something you can't teach. It is hard to harness that and put it into an NFL offense, though. Um, Usually, like these super athletic guys, they they torch defenses in college. But that's you said it. Is it a one trick pony kind of thing? And we'll find out. I think that there is potential for him. I'm just concerned about his past before the 2022 season.